The Happy Bassett Podcast is sponsored by our very good friends over at Redeemer Small Batch. They're based out of Austin, Texas, so all of you people out there who love to support local, look no further. A little bit about them as a brand, they grow their product on a family hemp farm in Colorado, they create their drops, capsules, or hemp rollies, and then they take the extra step to make sure that it's third-party tested so that you know exactly what you're getting uh, in every single product. All of them are organic, vegan, gluten-free, and free of pesticides. Uh, I know the CBD market is huge right now, uh, but finding a company just like this that knows the ins and outs of the process from start to finish is such a hard thing to find, and you won't find it with any other nicer people. We've tried so many of their products here in our household. Uh, We use the CBD drops for our dogs Emma and Beasley in anxiety-inducing situations that you just can't avoid sometimes, but uh, it's something that we can also use for ourselves, which we love. We've also tried the capsules as well as the hemp rollies, and honestly, we highly recommend every single product they create because of the care and attention that goes into making sure that it's the best on the market. Before moving on with the episode, head over to their website, which is RedeemerSmallBatch.com, and use the promo code HAPPYBASSET15 for 15% off your purchase. Once again, that is HAPPYBASSET15 for 15% off you and your pet's stash of Redeemer Small Batch CBD. Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Bassett Podcast, the pet podcast where we talk all things that are made well and made good. I'm Caleb Davis with Happy Bassett. Hi, I'm Rachel with Botanical Bones. The Olympics are going on right now, so we thought that we'd bring a brand that is helping make sure your pups are as healthy as they could be each and every day. Here's the show. Awesome, Rachel. Finally, we got you guys on the pod, and uh, it's it's so great for me to finally have you all on because uh, I feel bad that it, it was my fault in the first place that we didn't get you guys on sooner, um, but I know that all of the Happy Bassett listeners are going to be really excited to kind of hear your story, so, so thank you guys so much for joining us here this morning. Thank you so much. This is actually my element. This is my first podcast. Oh. So it's a milestone for me. It's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm honored. Uh, can you go ahead and tell the listeners what Botanical Bones is um, and what makes you guys different just from the offset as a brand? Definitely. Um, so Botanical Bones is a wellness-focused dog treat business. And our treats are made with superfoods, adaptogens, and lots of peanut butter. And I would say what makes us different is that we're using really clean human-grade ingredients, all things that you can find like in a kitchen cupboard and can be bought at a store for humans. So every single ingredient that goes into our treats is um, there's intention behind it. So we're not putting any fillers, any junk. And this is something that is becoming more and more common in human food and hopefully in dog food as well. I think there are more brands that are, are becoming aware of it, but we are one of the options. And I would say one of the things that really makes us stand out is that we're a plant-based treat. Um, so we're not saying that we believe that all dogs should be on a plant-based diet. I think, you know, my husband and I always joke that food is the new religion and it's true for people. It's true for dogs. Like people have different um, diet choices that they make for their family and for their pets. And we support that, but we wanted to provide a really nutritious plant-based treat because it's good for the environment and we're using ingredients that are really good for dogs as well. I think that even even if you're a family that, that um, wants to make sure that your dog has like a really high meat diet, I mean, there's 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 most of the time whenever we're like looking at the bag of food, almost the, the, the protein is the first thing we look at. We don't ever look to see if there's any of those um, 
that the, those those superfoods thrown in, um, or any of those greens that are also like just tremendously helpful for a dog's diet as it is for a, a, a human diet. Where are you guys from though, and how did you get started uh, making like I said what what my pets consider to be one of the tastiest like functional treats on the market? Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, yeah, our story is kind of uh, you know like just interesting in that we started during the pandemic so we're about a year old now and we adopted our pup carnaby kind of like very 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 beginning of the pandemic but when it was like two weeks in and everyone was kind of like what's going on um so we adopted him and he was super anxious i'm sorry about that um he was super super anxious and um we just, you know, we're trying to help him get comfortable. And I started baking treats for him really with the intention of giving him CBD. I was going to, we had a dropper and I was going to put um, the CBD onto the treats. And we, uh, he's, he's a super picky eater. So, you know, he didn't really like any of the CBD treats that were on the market. And he just is like, the minute you put medicine in anything, he's like, Mm-mm, I'm not going to eat it. So even the CBD, like he just was like, nope, not going to have it. And I, um, a few years ago, I got really into reishi tea and adaptogens and just kind of like bought all the books and started learning about it for myself and my husband. And it was kind of like life-changing for me, especially with sleep and just anxiety and mood. So um, big believer in adaptogens and had a bunch of powders and things that I used in my own life. So I never really like, investigated um about you know adaptogens for pets but i had a bunch of books and i just started researching and learned that adaptogens have been used for you know for centuries in holistic medicine and holistic vets use them started doing more and more and more research and some of the you know herbs and plant medicines are a little bit more controversial so I didn't want to include anything that was controversial. I found the ones that were like, these are completely safe. Um, and I started incorporating them in Carnivore's treats and he loved them. And it was the pandemic. Everyone was baking bread. I was baking dog treats. I was just making like tons and tons of them. So we had kind of too many for Carnivore to eat. So I started sharing them with neighbors and friends and all the other dogs seemed to love them too. So it kind of just snowballed into this business where it was like, I think we've got something here. And it was really the local community in Asheville where we live that kind of inspired me to just keep going because the the response from people was so positive and just everyone was really excited about it. So I started selling in markets locally. And um, when, I, when I first started in the markets, I didn't think anyone would buy them, you know? <laughs> like little treats that I made at home and when people did I was like okay now we've got to start taking this a little more seriously and so we started doing some of the branding and the packaging and now here we are here you are right um did, did you have a culinary background like what was what was the process like of, of learning how to cook these and I guess more importantly what was the process like of learning what was the right amount of these things yeah. to, to to give to dogs yeah, that's a really good question. So um, really, uh, my culinary background is just like being kind of like obsessed with 
wellness and healthy baking. And so I would say as far as a culinary background, um, when my, I have a six-year-old son and when he was born, I stopped working and I needed a kind of passion project. So I got really into food blogging. So I was kind of like an amateur food blogger and loved the food photography side of it. I got super passionate. So I was like every day, you know, making these like paleo treats and gluten-free treats and our family's gluten-free. So um, just like really into like wellness, baking and cooking and made all of the muffins and the banana breads and the gingerbread cookies and just everything I could think of. So yeah, it was fun. So uh, a lot of cleaning. Um, So I got, you know, really good at kind of adapting recipes and experimenting. And I was doing it so often that I kind of became a little bit of an expert in the kind of healthy baking space um, and learned kind of, you know, consistency of dough and just how to kind of like scale a recipe and and things like that was all just really experimentation so when I started making the dog treats um I funnily enough I kind of hit on the recipe pretty quickly because I saw a recipe kind of like a basic recipe which was different than what I I'm using now but it had like the flour the pumpkin and the peanut butter Um, And I decided to use chickpea flour because I researched and believed that that was like the most nutritious. Chickpeas are amazing and they're super um, protein rich and nutrient dense. So, and I wanted the treat to be gluten-free because our household is gluten-free and grain-free just because I know that some people and and pets do struggle with that. So, um, you know, big believer in the chickpea flour and kind of just played around with some different recipes and, and found one that I felt worked well. And then with the adaptogens, I just really researched the dosage to make sure that we were including an amount that was gonna be um, beneficial, but not be like too much. I mean, it's hard to kind of like OD on adaptogens, but they're super powerful. So the taste, if you have a too much of it will be really bitter. So I wanted to make sure that um, we got the right balance. And then peanut butter wise, just made sure I was using like the healthiest, just pure peanuts, nothing, no additives. You know, I think that was the hardest thing to find funnily enough, because when you're buying it in, um, you know, little, like you can get little jars of it and you can get pure peanut butter, but to get really, really big, um, supply of peanut butter, a lot of the, unfortunately, a lot of the wholesalers just like there's so much junk. So, you know, just researching and finding the best quality ingredients that I could find. Um, and we are definitely using like way more peanut butter than <laughs> the typical treat, I think. And that's what makes them smell so good. Well, I, I whatever you're doing is, is working. Like I said, I, I've, we've, we've even broken up a a, a couple bags that we've done at our pop-up shops just so like as dogs walk down the street we can we can kind of like let them like test it out and just the the the, the only thing is that some people are like oh like my dog's huge and these treats are like tiny and it like my dog's gonna, yeah. gonna go through this bag and for me I was like that's that's a great problem right like <laughs> I can keep you stocked up as, as long as as long as possible um, totally. but they yeah, just yeah that. they just they just love the, the 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 taste of them, and um, I I don't I don't mean to sound like a super fan here, but like it was just it's just not something that we see with both both of my dogs normally. 
that they mm-hmm. both really, really like a treat. Normally, like one of them likes it the other, you know, better than the other one, and then it's like a slow kind of gradual. Okay, fine. I guess my friend's eating it. I guess I can eat it, right? <laughs> and this yeah. one, just the second that we opened it, both of them uh, just kind of latched onto it, and 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 were were, were fans. So um, there's. Since, since that day, there has always been one open in our pantry. <laughs> that is um, so sweet. And I, you're going to make me start crying. And I'm Oh, honestly, no, don't do that. <laughs> I know. The super fan thing, I have to say, like, it's what's kept me going. Because there yeah. have been some tough moments. And just figuring out how to scale has been the hardest thing. So I really do appreciate it. And, like, when I say it means the world to me, it really does. I think if it wasn't for people like you and just, like, you know, the dogs that are loving the treats, I would not have kept going. So <laughs> well, so like just just talking about that a little bit, and you don't have to get into like the, the the actual numbers, but we as as a company had a relatively like small startup cost for our business, and and we were lucky in that um, they were all fairly small like equity investments, and that 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 allowed me to not tr- stress out about paying paying people back like right away and that kind of stuff. So can you talk a little bit like without like I said without getting into the numbers what that process was like for you in getting started because I know I it's it's not cheap to start up a business. Definitely. Um yeah, I mean I admire what what you're doing as well so much and I think any business owner knows that there are moments it's not what you expect when you first start. It's like so much problem solving. And um, I would say for us, we we decided really early on that we wanted to bootstrap. So my husband and I were like, we're gonna, you know, go into savings and we're gonna work super hard. And my husband took on some consulting work so that he could make extra money to put into the business because we didn't wanna take on um, any, you know, investment or any risk early on. We wanted to kind of do it, um, you know, we wanted to do it ourselves. And so that was challenging. And so it's made us kind of, but it's also been a really good thing because it's made us make, I think, really thoughtful decisions and not move too quickly um, on certain decisions. And, you know, sometimes like there have been moments where if we had money to like throw at problems, it would have been a lot easier, but not necessarily the right thing. So the the early investments were really like when we first decided to, um, you know, go with get printed packaging, um, you have to order kind of, you, you can't order like a hundred printed bags, you have to <laughs> right. order, you know, thousands. So that was an investment. And then early on, we decided that we didn't want to go and, and um, go to a co-packer. So just to kind of explain that a little more for someone who might not know what a lot of, you know, people do is they'll develop a recipe and then they will give that recipe to a factory and the factory will create the treats in like massive scale. And, um, you know, you just, you lose control and you can really sacrifice quality when you do that. And I'm not saying it's not, you know, necessarily like that all treats that work with the co-packer like that they're doing something wrong I'm not saying that at all but from the beginning we were like we want these to be made in small batches in Nashville and um we want to do it ourselves so that was definitely the most challenging thing that we had to figure out early on because for about the first nine months I was um baking them all by hand so I was you know making the dough in like teeny tiny batches rolling it out, cutting the treats with a cookie cutter. And it was just like, 
super time consuming. And at the end of the day, I would have like 10, I made 10 bags in an hour. It would take right. me hours to make like 10 bags of treats, which is, you know, <laughs> I think back on it, it's pitiful. Hopefully one day I'll laugh. It's still a little raw for me because it was just like, it was really frustrating because eventually I couldn't meet the demand. So I had someone come and help me in the kitchen. And at that point I was paying for my commercial kitchen and paying someone to help me make treats. I'm actually losing money on every bag. And we did it because we were like, it, this is temporary. This isn't how we're going to scale our business. We're going to get to a point where we're going to, you know, have some sort of machine or some sort of um, production system where we can make enough to make the numbers work. But in the beginning, it wasn't, it wasn't working. And I was just, every day I was researching, how can I, you know, how can I scale this business? How can I scale this business? And I just kept running into brick walls. I mean, one thing after another, we had a prototype made from a local iron worker and it didn't work. We, I ordered like so many different tools and devices, nothing worked. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was just, it was super frustrating. And um, eventually I finally found this machine, which we're currently using. And it took a couple months to actually like, from the point that I engaged with the person who makes the machine, it took a couple months to actually like get the machine in my hands and test it out. And until I had it and I tried the machine, I was like, it's not gonna work. Cause I was just so jaded at that point. Like I didn't think anything would work with our dough and with our system. And I kind of was starting to feel a little bit like there's no in between. You either have to be super small or super big, but to be in, in between, it, it just doesn't work. And, um, and then we found a system and now we're cranking out a lot more treats, which feels really good. That's, that's, that's great. You were kind of talking about the, the pack, packaging itself. And that's something that I really, really wanted to hit on because it is, mm -hmm. if it were sitting on the shelf next to other bags, which unfortunately, like I haven't, I haven't seen it there because you guys are so new, but uh, like, it's it's just it, it's 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 beautiful packaging, and it it made me interested in the treats from day one. Before we even tried them, I was like, this these would just be like beautiful, like in our store, like just in general, to have as decoration. Um, what was the inspiration for the design, and and what what was that process like? Yeah, definitely. Well, so my background kind of before I started, um, you know, like this business, and before. I had my kiddo, I worked in advertising and marketing. So I'm not a designer, but I've worked with designers. And I knew really early on when we decided that we were going to go for it and we were going to like create um, the packaging and, and, you know, that the business was something that we were really going to go for. I was like, we need a design agency to help us with the packaging. So we found a local design agency, which is amazing. They're, they're Atlas branding. They're based in Asheville and they're also like husband and wife, just lovely, lovely people. Talked to them, like spoke to them early on on the phone and, you know, could tell right away that they just got the vision and they understood the brand. And so we went through a creative process with them and they presented two different options for us and the the dogs the the design with like the dogs and the botanicals was one of um the options and just like the minute we saw it we knew that was it and yeah it's definitely the best decision i business decision i've made i can't <laughs> take full credit for it because i didn't create it but it's we're so so happy and proud of our design the, the bags themselves are made from recycled plastic correct yes yeah so what what Sorry, I was just 
what has been kind of the, the the benefit of that style of packaging and is there is is there like a a, a challenge I, I would assume there's, there's some sort of financial challenge right to to having that um be a, a part of your business as well yes um i'm so glad you brought that up so from the very beginning i was like i want our packaging to be as eco-friendly as possible our mission we sat down and like i'm a brand strategy person so the moment that i you know came up with the name and the business, I was like, I did a little brand strategy kind of like mission overview. And our mission is um, treats made in harmony with nature. So for me, it was like, that needs to be baked into everything that we do um, from sourcing ingredients to the packaging, everything. So um, when I started, that was honestly one of the earlier on challenges before we, before even scaling was like, how do I find eco-friendly packaging? And again, being a little guy, it, they don't make it easy because there just aren't that many really eco-friendly options. And, um, you know, we, early on, I explored lots of different things like glass, which was really expensive and can be difficult with shipping. Yeah. And then tins, unfortunately, just like printing, um, like in short runs is really expensive. And that didn't feel like for the first stage, like a good option for us. And then with, with the pouches, most of them, I mean, even I think uh, there's a lot of like misinformation and confusion in the marketplace because most of them are not recyclable. Even when they, people, I think sometimes maybe think they're recyclable and sometimes they'll have a recyclable symbol on them, but it, they're not actually, if you throw them in your recycling bin, they're not, you have to kind of drop them off at a grocery store. Um, and I was really looking for something that was either like really recyclable or really compostable. And I couldn't find either of those the ones that were on the market were like compostable, but you had to, you know, drop them off somewhere. And people just don't do that. If it's, right. if it's not going to fit in with consumer habits, then it's not, in my opinion, it's almost worse because then it's not clear and, and people aren't doing the right thing, which probably clogs up the system even more. So I ended up finding these bags made out of recycled um, plastic waste. And I felt like that was like the most eco-friendly solution that I could find. And so that one, that felt good and they're made in the USA. So we really, really like the, the company that we went with for printing the bags. And I'm hoping over the next year or so that there's gonna be some innovation in the packaging space. It's, it's definitely coming. I think in the UK, they have more compostable options, but, but the US is a little bit further behind. So I'm hoping that we'll be able to switch over to something that's compostable. Um, I'm also looking into like glass jars and potentially doing like a refill option. Um, Cause I would really, really like us to be hundred percent plastic free in the future. Right. So yeah, I, I guess, and, and you might have answered a little bit, but what can the pet industry overall do to, to make this problem easier to, to, to kind of handle specifically for smaller business? Because I, I think you're right. It is really easy for a larger business um, to kind of say, you know what? Yeah, we're going to switch. Uh, it's going to cost us three cents extra per bag mm -hmm. to do this. You know, it, it's, a, it's an easy financial decision, but whenever you have an order in quantities of 500,000, that's that's not something that's easy to do for small businesses. So, like, what would you say is is something that the pet industry overall can do to make more sustainable packaging? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really about like educating consumers and awareness, and it definitely is more expensive. I try and not pass that cost on. I mean, our our margins are super thin, and you know, as we grow, that changes. But I think 
all brands are facing that challenge where it's like, you know, the margins are already thin and then the options that are eco-friendly are more expensive. So I think the more we can do to create that demand from the consumers, the more things will change. I think it kind of has to go both ways. And I believe that our customers really do care about that. Um, so it's something that we feel really strongly about, but I think the pet industry as a whole can just do more to just educate and to provide options for people and be transparent because I think transparency is key. And when, you know, it's not clear, then I think people aren't making informed decisions. So I think that's, that's what we can do. And I'm hoping to help with that. I love that. I love that. I think I think that's 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 been our goal with the podcast this entire time is that I'm not going to tell you to go buy a certain treat, but I, I do want to give you the most information possible so that you can make the informed decision yourself as 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 a pet parent. Um, what are some of the ways that you would say that you've been able to make the world a better place beyond y'all's treats themselves? Oh wow. Okay. Um, I'm thinking about that one for a minute. <laughs> well, I would say just like I mean. In, in our kind of in our family life or as a business. Either way, I I think that there's there's a it, a lot of times whenever I've been able to ask that question, um, it's it's come into like getting to work with with shelters or adoptable dogs, things like that. Even if it's just through like social media, I think I think all of those kinds of things uh, do make the world a better place. Yeah, absolutely. Well, rescue is something that we're so passionate about, and just, you know, having a rescue dog and just being a part of the rescue community has been like so rewarding to us that I, I feel like I can't even say that we're, you know, I, I feel like it's it's not altruistic because I get so such like good vibes from it and from the rescue community and just so thankful to be a part of it. And so I would say like just doing whatever we can to prop up the rescue and if we can even help you know, one dog by like contributing a dollar for every bag and just spreading the word about the amazing organizations out there that are helping save animals. That's just, you know, it may, I'm wearing my, you can't, it's not video, but I'm wearing my Brother Wolf animal rescue shirt right now. Um, I'm collecting animal rescue shirts. Well, I'll buy all the swag and do anything I can to support the rescue mission. I love that so much. I think you guys are going to be around for a very long time, and we as a business can't wait to keep selling uh, all of these treats to our customers and and keep giving them to our pups for sure. Uh, so thank you guys so much for, once again, making such a great product. Where is the best place that people can find out more information about you and learn about the mission of Botanical Bones? Yes, thank you so much. This has been so much fun, and I would love to connect with anyone who's interested. I'm definitely on Instagram. I manage the account, and try to answer all the dms that come in so we're on instagram we're newly on tiktok if you're on tiktok and that's your space then you can find us there being silly and then definitely on our website um you can always shoot me an email at bark at botanical bones if you have any questions at all awesome thank you so much for joining us All right, everyone, special thanks to Botanical Bones for joining us here on the Happy Bassett podcast. If you guys want to bark at us, visit our social media pages at The Happy Bassett and please sign up for our newsletter so that we can get you the weekend pup date. And as always, come out and check us at our next pop-up shops. Thanks again so much for listening. Keep making the world a better place and we'll see you next time.